Hace Inglés presenta Into the Story, el podcast para aprender inglés con historias reales contadas por gente de todo el mundo. Today's story begins at a train station in Toulouse, France. It's 6 a.m. in the morning and our storyteller Harry is arguing with the train station conductors, asking them, begging them, to let him and his bike onto the train. I've woken up at 5 a.m. to get there and the train guard saying, sorry, you, there's no space on the train. No. <laughs> In today's episode, we hear about a day from Harry's adventure cycling through the French countryside and the unexpected obstacles and people he meets along the way. In this story, you'll hear Harry talk about the difficulty of eating croissants while cycling and how he narrowly escaped a night sleeping outside in the forest. We're calling this episode Biking and Brioche. Before we begin listening, let's talk about some of the vocabulary and expressions you'll hear Harry say. Firstly, off the top of your head. Off the top of your head is a colloquial expression used to describe when someone does or says something without thinking about it carefully. You'll hear Harry talk about the train conductor asking him off the top of his head to pay a fee to get on the train with his bike. Next, quid. The word quid, Q-U-I-D, is an informal British word used to refer to the British pound. You'll hear Harry being asked to pay 30 quid, and you'll hear how he uses the word quid to refer to money in general. Saddle. A saddle is a noun used commonly to refer to the seat of a bicycle or a motorcycle. A saddle is also the structure used to ride a horse. A saddle. To throw a spanner in the works. To throw or put a spanner in the works is a great informal expression in English that we use to refer to something that causes a plan to go wrong. A spanner or wrench in North America, literally refers to the tool that we use to help us grip or release a screw. Una llave inglesa. Harry talks about the heavy rain that throws a spanner in the works of his plan to sleep outside. A similar expression in Spanish would be poner palos en la rueda, throw a spanner in the works. And finally, soggy. Soggy, S-O-G-G-Y, is an adjective to mean wet and soft. For example, after the rain, the ground is usually soggy to walk on. In Harry's case, the sandwich he had in his pocket was soggy after he rode to town in the rain. Soggy. As always, you have a downloadable transcript, vocabulary list, and listening comprehension activities on our website, aceingles.com barra podcast. Okay, let's get into the story. The plan was to take the a train from Toulouse to Bordeaux and then cycle about 200 kilometers to Neil. The day starts uh, well, at my, my friend's house where I'm staying. I've got to get to the station for 6 a.m. to get this 
this uh, train. But what I don't know is that taking a bike on the train in France is an absolute minefield. This is a big train. This is a big train with 20 carriages, only two bikes on that. And at 6 a.m., I've woken up at 5 a.m. to get there and the train guard saying, sorry, you, there's no space on the train. No. <laughs> and I'm almost, I'm almost on the verge of tears, practically. Like, I'm so tired. This is a disaster. I've got everything planned later. So I don't get to this place, Niort, which is some, this, uh, this town in the middle of France then everything else is going to be really hard for the uh, following days. And so I'm just begging him and begging him and he's like, all right, all right, talk to the, talk to the boss man over there. I'm saying, uh, I want to put this bike on the train, this must be put, I'll, I'll do whatever it takes, I'll take it apart, I'll stand up and the bike can have the seats or whatever. <laughs> and they say, oh, have a look at the train, all right then, all right then, uh, we'll let you on, uh, but you've got to pay 30 quid and he looks like he's just made it up off the top of his head and he's like well it would be 10 in the 10 in the ticket office but you're late and there you go 30 quid to put your your bike on when you shouldn't be so i get the bike on the train the bike the great thing is that you don't have to plan months in advance you know you can you can be a little freer Especially after those long months of quarantine, I was, I was probably keen to get in a sense of freedom. It changes your routine completely. It gets you onto a, uh, a very different, different rhythm of life. In the morning, it's, it's lovely on the bike because you, you're full of energy and you feel very peaceful. The light is very, is very nice in the morning. It's a good temperature for cycling and you, you can go quite fast and you, you feel like you're in one of those idyllic adverts or something for sports gear or whatever you see in there, cycling along in the middle of nowhere and you think, oh, when am I going to do that? And, and there you are. I packed really light because I knew I was uh, staying in at either friends' places or in these uh, little hostels on the way, so I had no tent or anything like that. Just got a 10-litre bag on the saddle, a couple of small bags on the frame, which has got its pockets stuffed with leftover croissants and, and brioche and things. I did try a few times thinking, you know, I, I could eat, I could save time if I eat whilst I'm still going. I don't know how they do it in the Tour de France, because if you've ever tried eating whilst you're cycling, it's actually really difficult. You need to keep a hand on the wheel, you've got to eat the thing, and soon your mouth's incredibly dry and you're going... <laughs> practically choking to death while you, you think, finally, now I'm going to stop. <laughs> I got to this restaurant in the middle of this nowhere. It's uh, a very small village, somewhere between Bordeaux and Cognac. And there's a there's a lady there, and, there's, and she's looking very. Uh, everything's looking very nice. Um, I thought, oh, well, maybe I'll have lunch here. I'm actually early. You've got to be very careful about what time you eat your food, as <laughs> as it's uh, it's very precise. Everybody tends to eat between midday and 1.30. And in Spain, I've been used to the 3 p.m. lunches and stuff, and the 9, 10 p.m. dinners. 
and in, in France it's very, very specific hours. It's 11.45, I think surely at midday, because I've already had this experience of being turned away, midday they're going to be, they're going to be saying that's a great time to eat. So I think, wow, Harry, you've, you've done well here. You've, you've actually understood the, the French hours for eating and this is going to be a great success. But she says to me that the, the restaurant is fully booked. And I, I couldn't believe it because the restaurant is empty at this point. I think surely I can just go in before anyone comes. She says, no, 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 impossible, impossible. You don't have a reservation? I'm afraid it's not possible, sorry. Uh, so I sit on the side, sit on the side of the road and have a sandwich from the, from the little corner shop. There's hardly anybody in this that I've seen for uh, all, all morning, and it's really in the countryside. And then, amazingly, at 12, the restaurant is full and all the people have arrived within 10 minutes. Probably the whole town and the surrounding towns all dine there every, every day. It must be a good place. So the, the thing that was really uh, throwing a spanner in the works later in the day was that I realised that my accommodation for that evening in the lovely Niort uh, had been cancelled. And I'm thinking, oh, bollocks, I have nowhere to, nowhere to sleep tonight. But it's a nice sunny day, I'll just sleep in the forest. I thought I'd just go into the forest, make a little, maybe make a little lean tool, so they put some sticks, lean some sticks against the thing like when you do when you're a kid. <laughs> I didn't have anything to sleep in, so I thought I'll just rough it for one night, it'll be alright. But it really started raining really, really heavily and it was really cold because something happens as you move up France, you cross a, a certain river I think and really the, the, the weather kind of changes quite uh, significantly from the north and the, between the north and the south and it was just bucketing down and I had to get do this t last 20 kilometers on the main road really cold really wet and I'm thinking crap that's forest plan is not gonna work the forest I'm looking at the forest the forest looks thoroughly uninviting so I'm think I, I thought best plan now is just go in and Maybe I can chat to some people and uh, befriend them or something and see if someone's got a sofa where I can crash. I was pretty tired. I'm, I'm, I'm going from bar to bar trying to find one that's got a bit of life in it. I find the bar and I get talking to a, a group of, of youngish looking people. I'm thinking, oh, these guys are really nice. They're really interested in bikes as well. But I, I made the mistake of choosing the bar that was near the station and at about uh, quarter to at about yeah quarter past eight they sort of say oh my train's here better better be going going back to Paris tonight and uh, good luck with uh, finding a room <laughs> <laughs> and so off they go um, off they go and I'm, I'm left there with the the barman who's quite keen to close and sort of edging they're doing that thing, you know, where they close one table at a time and yeah, making you feel thoroughly uh, unwelcome all of a sudden. Uh, and so I'm desperately looking on like Airbnb or something for a, for a place. And luckily, right at the last second, uh, somebody responds to the message being like, go on then, are you already in, in uh, New York? All right, go on in. 
and it's not too expensive or anything. And um, so I go there and it's, it's much better than the forest. And the guy's really, really nice and uh, blessing me. He gave me some, some dinner as well when he saw a soggy sandwich that I pulled out to, for dinner. <laughs> I think those unexpected adventures are kind of what makes the, the trip a little bit exciting when you look back on it. Yeah, relish those things that go wrong because ultimately it's those moments of real discomfort that make us appreciate the security and, and uh, creature comforts that we have. That's why I try not to plan too much uh, in advance or just get a skeleton idea of what I'm going to do and then Hopefully the, the little improvisation that you do along the way brings a little bit of magic. Gracias por haber escuchado la historia de Harry. Nos encantaría saber qué te ha parecido este episodio. Puedes enviarnos un correo electrónico a hello arroba .com. Y si aún no lo has hecho, suscríbete a Into the Story en Spotify, iTunes o tu plataforma preferida. Thank you for listening. Until next time, we hope you have a good time, or at least, a good story to tell.